Genesis chapter 2. I had a friend that told me, who's recently going on vacation, he said, he said, man, it is so hard for me to rest. He said, it's just such a slog. It's so difficult. I said, well, dude, where are you going on vacation? He said, Las Vegas. I said, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that has something to do with it. Um, that's not really the larger point. He was saying, no, that doesn't matter. He goes, anywhere that we go on vacation. He goes, I just have a hard time turning it off. I have a hard time shutting it down. And I know that that's a struggle for a lot of us. I know if I sat down and talked with you and you talked with me, you just, some of you might say, or a lot of you, maybe most of you would say, it is just hard. It is just hard to let it go. It's hard to turn my brain off. It's hard to rest. It's such a struggle for so many of us. And we got to ask the question, though, as believers um, that have been given this gift that we're going to see here that was instituted, that was practiced, that was modeled to us by God, we got to ask why that's so hard for us. Why is rest so hard? Well, I think one of the reasons why it's hard is we don't get a lot of affirmation from rest, right? We don't, we don't get a feeling of accomplishment for resting. Nobody has ever said to you, man, you just crushed it yesterday, relaxing on the couch. Right? Nobody's ever said that to you. Nobody's ever said, man, the way you didn't get anything done on Sunday was awe-inspiring to me. In some ways it should be, and we're going to look into that, but it, but it doesn't happen that way. You're, you're, not getting that, you're not getting that feedback. You're not getting that sense of like, man, I got it done today when you, when you rest. Um, and so we work, and we overwork, and we've taken this good thing that God has given to us, which is work, which, by the way, he gave to us before the fall. Work is not the result of the fall. He gave Adam this job in tending the garden, the Garden of Eden. He gave him that good work to do before Adam sinned, before Adam fell. So we, we take this good work that God gives us, and like many things that we do, um, we turn it into something that becomes more of our identity and who we aspire to be more than it, it being something that God has given to us to reflect what he has done in our lives. So we work because we feel like our greatest worth comes from being able to show the world what we've accomplished with our hands. So the question I want to ask this morning is, what if God knew that about you and about me before he created the world? And what if he saw our work as being such a potential idol for us that he went ahead and established something he didn't even need for the sake of our good? So as we go into Genesis, we have this invitation here in Genesis chapter 2. We have this invitation to rest, to Sabbath by God himself. And interestingly, it's not a suggestion and in fact, later in scripture, God's people, God's chosen people, the Israelites, were given this as a command in the book of Exodus chapter 31 when he said, therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. And then he goes on to say, it is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth and on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. God rested and was refreshed. So then what is Sabbath? 
just to get down into the trenches of like, well, how would we define Sabbath and based on what we see God modeling to us here in Genesis? Well, this is how I would define Sabbath. It's resting from all the work God has given you to do as an act of obedience and trust for the work he will continue to do. In other words, it's seeing your work as good, but also good to stop for the purposes of renewal and for worship and a deeper trust in God. So the book of Genesis begins with God's work. It begins with God working by creating the world. For six days, what does God do? He creates the heavens and the earth. He creates everything that exists within the heavens and the earth, including human beings who, unlike the rest of creation, are made in the image of God, male and female. And then after every creation day, if you read Genesis 1, God declares it good. He says it's good, it's very good. And then after he completes this creation cycle on the sixth day, he does this super interesting thing on the seventh day. He stops working, he rests, he declares a Sabbath day. And this is what it says as we pick up in Genesis 2. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So I just wanna spend the next few minutes with some observations on what God was doing and what it means for us if we take this command to rest and to Sabbath seriously. And we should take it seriously. We should take it seriously because it's God's word and he doesn't just throw out junk for us to, to maybe work out in our free time when it's convenient for us. Every word that God gives us is for our good. It's for our flourishing. So we need to take seriously what he says about something that maybe a lot of us are a little flippant about. Or maybe a lot of us just say, when I get around to it. But let's look, let's unpack here just for a few minutes about Sabbath and what it means and why God instituted it. The first thing is that Sabbath wasn't made because God needed to rest. Isn't that interesting? Maybe it's never dawned on you that God didn't need to rest in the way that we think of rest and that we need to rest. And what I mean is that God doesn't get tired. He doesn't break a sweat. God doesn't need to catch his breath. He doesn't need some downtime after a full week. He doesn't need a tall glass of iced tea, right? He doesn't need to soak in a hot bath because his bones are aching after a back-breaking week of work. So that kind of that kind of, you know, asks the question, why did God rest? Why did God rest from all of his work if he doesn't respond or have a physical reaction to work and to labor the same way we do? Well, God rested because he wanted to create a model for you and me. He wanted to create a model for mankind that communicated this truth, which is that rest is as important as work. Rest is as important as work. We were created not only to enter the work week every week, but to also exit that week and enter into a time of refreshing and renewal. We saw there in Exodus how it describes 
God's rest as something that he was refreshed by, which is so interesting, right? God did something that he didn't need to do in order to provide us something that we needed to do, that we would have a hard time doing, but we needed a precedent. We needed a model. We needed to understand why it was so important for us to do it. And so God created the Sabbath. He rested on the seventh day. You know, when, like, when he was like creating the sun and the seasons and all of those things, like he could have just created a six-day week. It could have just been Monday through Saturday and then Monday again. And yet he, he didn't do it that way. He didn't structure it that way. He didn't establish it that way. Sabbath is a grace to us. It's a promise from God for our renewal. It's not a, a guilty recreational pleasure like some of us think, or some of us think we're just sneaking in that, that rest time or sneaking in that day off because we have some kind of overriding guilt that maybe was created for us for how, from how we were raised, thinking, hey, you take a day off only as a last resort. God is saying, no, 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 that's not why I designed it. I designed it to be part and parcel of how I created you as a human being so that you could be faithful to me and flourish as a result. The second thing is that Sabbath reminds us that work, like I just said, is not more important than rest. It's not more important than rest. God blessed the Sabbath, and not only does he bless it, but he, he declares it holy. Like he didn't do that for a Wednesday. He declares the Sabbath holy. He sets it apart, right? This tells us something about God's high regard for rest. And it also means that there are consequences for seeing rest as optional or seeing it as a suggestion by God instead of being the first thing in Scripture God, listen to this, imparts his holiness to so that begs the question, are we as serious about taking our Sabbath and our days of rest as God was who, who didn't need a day of rest at all? Are we serious about seeing what he put into place as a model for us and saying, oh, I need to do that? Because most of y'all are serious about work. You see the importance of labor. You see it as a good thing sometimes, right? At least in the sense that God gave it to us as a way to reflect something that he also did as he created the world. But to take that and to take this other important and holy day that he designed as being part of our work week and discard it, well, that says something about what we think about what God has deemed important in our life. And Sabbath reminds us that work is not more important than rest in our life. Thirdly, Sabbathing is an acknowledgement that God is in control of your life. Look, when you rest from your work, this is what you're saying. You are saying it's okay for things to be left undone because God is in control over all the undone things of my life. It's okay to put things down. It's okay to let some things go. You remember the story in Luke 10 
about Martha and Mary, two of Jesus's really good friends. You have Jesus walking through the door. You have Mary immediately pulling up a chair and sitting before him, wants to hear all the words that he has to teach her. And you got Martha in the back kitchen just scrambling like a maniac, trying to get everything ready, stressed, frustrated, eventually angry at Mary because Mary's sitting with Jesus while she's laboring for Jesus. And what does Jesus say to Martha? You know, you're right. Mary has been blowing it the last hour, sitting, listening to my words. He doesn't say that. He also doesn't tell Martha that she shouldn't have done any work, right? He says, Martha, here's the real issue is that you're anxious and you're troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary at this moment, and Mary has chosen it. He says, Mary's chosen the good portion. And and by the way, it's not going to be taken away from her. I'm not going to tell her to get back into the kitchen, you know, and, uh, and, and start preparing with you. When we Sabbath, we're acknowledging that God is the one who is ultimately in control of our lives. And although he uses work and we need to be, we need to have integrity, we need to be people who work. Um, we also need to understand that God is actually working while we're working. And he is also working when we are not working. It's really important to understand that. Fourth, Sabbathing is embracing your God-given limitations. It's interesting, like we said a minute ago, that the Sabbath came before Adam and Eve's sin, before they fell, which means, check this out, God created Adam and Eve with limitations before they sinned. He gave them this Sabbath day not because they sinned and not because they were getting tuckered out after they fell, but because this was something he wanted to see as a rhythm and a pattern for their lives even before that. And what that tells us is that limitations are a good thing. Maybe you've never thought of it that way. Limitations are a God-given thing. God didn't make you God. Like he did that on purpose. And the only way that he could have made you without limitations is to make you God. And God doesn't make other people God. God is God. But limitations are a good thing. God values not only the productivity of our heads and our hands, but he also values very highly the productivity of our hearts. Pastor, author, Zach Eswine, he reminds us that we don't need to repent for not being able to do everything. We need to repent because we try. Sabbath is embracing your God-given limitations. Finally, it is also looking forward to our redemptive rest in Jesus. So God goes just full picture with the Sabbath thing, right? The rest that we ultimately were going to need from the burden of our sin. He foresaw by instituting something that would allow us to see who he was going to someday send to alleviate us from those burdens. The children of Israel, remember when they were in Egypt, they were under so many heavy burdens so many heavy burdens when they were in Egyptian sla- under Egyptian slavery. The workload was fierce. If you read Exodus, you read about how fierce it was and how tired they were and how 
burdened they were. And they cried out to God to be delivered from that burden so that they could enter a place of rest. This was God's promise to the Israelites when he delivered them that he would bring them to a place of rest. And by the way, this was a shadow of God's promise to his church because our sin has created burdens. Your sin has created an ultimate burden in your life that we find permanent rest from in the person of Jesus Christ. When we rest, listen to this, we are actively living out the redemption we have through Jesus Christ. So see, this rest thing goes way beyond just like taking a day off. Because man, I need a day off. You do need a day off. But as we read scripture, we see that everything goes a lot deeper then maybe we have grown to understand it. Or maybe the definition that our society and our culture places on a day off. Or even some of the, the dangerous ways that we have interpreted a day off. is man, I just feel lazy. I feel like I'm not getting anything done. I feel guilty. Well, scripture has not laid any of that burden on its effort to unburden you by God creating a day of rest. Hebrews 4 says, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. So in this way, we are, we are acting out the very character of God when we commit ourselves to taking that day of rest. What should that day look like? Let's get a little practical with this whole thing. What does a Sabbath day's rest look like? Well, we can't get into all the different things. Maybe that'll be a, a sermon down the, down the road. But here's what Sabbath doesn't mean. It doesn't mean just not doing anything, right? Maybe some, some of you guys grew up in houses that were very traditional. Traditional Sabbath days meant you, like, you weren't even allowed to blink your eye because that was work. I mean, that's, that's getting a little legalistic about it. We would say no. Um, but there are different ways to rest. What it does mean is this is that you set aside a day to intentionally rest from your normal labor, from your daily jobs, from your trades, from your vocations, from the productivity of your hands and your head. And by the way, people find rest in a variety of ways. One practical way to think about this is that say, if you work with your hands, doing something that engages uh, your head might be a great way that you like to experience rest. Or, or the opposite, if you have a job that's mentally taxing, right? You're in front of a computer all day. You might want to do something physical that gives you some sense of rest. The point is that you commit to establishing a day that God has declared holy by resting from the work that you do. And here is what results from our obedience to something that God gave us out of his grace and his compassion and his care for us. Every time you take a day of rest, you are trusting God to be faithful for what lies unfinished in your life. And there's always unfinished stuff in your life. A pastor named Rich Velotis uh, wrote a book, and this was a quote from it. He said, Sabbath keeping at its core is a profession of faith. In observing it, we confess, I am not what I do. The world will not stop if I cease from my work. Christ is holding all things together. And that's good truth for us to remember. Every time you take a day of rest, you are trusting God to be faithful for what lies unfinished. And he is faithful 
to those things. That can wait a day or two. Secondly, every time you take a day of rest, you are believing that whatever God commands us is for our good. First John 5, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And what? His commandments are not, what does he say? Burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So by taking that Sabbath day, by committing to that day of rest, we are believing that whatever God commands has been for our good. We are in a sense... We're taking a step of faith. And by taking a step of faith, we're increasing our faith. And thirdly, every time you take a day of rest, you are getting a foretaste of the rest that Jesus died for you to receive. Famously, we quote this passage a lot at Substance. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, Jesus says. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me. I am gentle, I am lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls, he says that in Matthew 11. How good is God that he went to the lengths that he did to provide us with not only physical and mental rest, but spiritual rest for our souls through his son, Jesus Christ. Is it hard to rest? Yeah. But when we see it in this light, it will hopefully become hard not to rest given the blessings that God supplies us when we do. Let's commit to that. Let's think through that. Give that some thought this week as you head into your weeks tomorrow. And you're thinking about maybe, man, my rhythms have gotten all out of whack. Man, I don't take taking a Sabbath very seriously. And then maybe start processing some of the things in your life that exist as the result of that. Of neglecting something that God gave to us for our good. Let's think about that. Let's pray through that. That would be my encouragement to you to do. Because I like to envision a church that is taking seriously all the things that God says to us and not just as mere suggestions. I want to see a church that is resting in God and practicing and modeling that rest in a very physical sense in the way that they lay those things down even once a week that can tend to overcrowd our minds and our hearts. And we say, Lord, all of this is yours. You have everything under control. And in fact, you gave us a way to practice that reality once a week if we just stop and we just pause and we take a moment to say, you are God and I ain't. Amen? Let me pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness in establishing this, this day, this day of Sabbath, this day of rest, Lord, because... You sent Jesus to unburden our souls. And here is a very practical way for us to do that, for our physical rest, for our mental rest, for our spiritual rest. Lord, I pray that we would be wise. We'd be a wise church, that we would not just walk out forgetting these words, but we would carefully consider how this could be something, Lord, that's been neglected in our lives, that can change our lives. 
if we purpose ourselves to listen and to learn, Lord, and to establish something that literally came from you, Lord, at the end of the work week that, that you had to create the heavens and the earth. So Lord, would you humble us in this truth? Would you allow it to be something that gives us possibilities? Would you allow it to be something that we see as such a great grace from you um, given to us for our good? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.